the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. These are times. Coronavirus is impacting advertising. Coronavirus is impacting retail. Coronavirus is impacting airlines. Coronavirus is impacting hotels. Coronavirus is impacting. You get the idea. A week ago, we weren't taking it seriously. Maybe this week, we're taking it seriously as death. Maybe, maybe a little bit more. It's tough to say. I could tell you that from what I'm seeing, the problem with coronavirus isn't that we're getting sick and flow. It's that hospitals are getting overwhelmed with people who are getting sick with the flow. Surgeries that were meant to maybe be elective are being canceled. My dentist contacted me yesterday and said, nope, sorry, we're not allowed to do this. We're not considered essential. So yesterday we started learning terms like essential businesses, banks, grocery stores. They're allowed to have as many, not allowed, I'm going to be careful. They're, they're encouraged to stay open. Restaurants for delivery or carry out only. The restaurants, they're being pretty savvy by saying, hey, we'll meet you in the parking lot. If you're a relatively healthy 30-year-old person, maybe it doesn't sound horrible to maybe take that risk and go pick it up. But if you're a 60-year-old person, they're saying, don't do it. We're starting to see how we want to fight this. It's taken a lot of whipsaw action, but... It is what it is. Was I influenced incorrectly by my past? Uh, I don't want to use the word exposure. Excuse that, right? Yeah, I think I've made some mistakes in this. Uh, with that said, I what I did right was last year I said, I'm taking some of my growth off the table and buying some more value. And I felt stupid in December and January and February when the markets were hitting all-time highs. Today, I feel pretty good about it. But did I see the coronavirus coming? No, it's Black Swan event. It's a generational buying opportunity on some stocks. And some stocks we're going to learn not so much. Boeing, I think, is once was considered one of the greatest companies of all time. Their problem is they got hit with some software sloppiness, to say the least. They've got hit with some of their employees confessing that some of the quality was maybe rushed. And they get hit by the airlines cutting capacity and say, we can't really fly maybe until summer or maybe until August now. So says Donald Trump yesterday, which caused the market to go from down 2000 to down 3000. That was maybe a whoosh down that will start bringing the, to the attention people like me Hey, if you got cash, this is a once-in-a-lifetime generational buying opportunity for some names. 
Boeing's down to $115. It's $65 billion. Warren Buffett's got that kind of money laying around. If he's not looking at this company, I don't know who would be. Now, he may do it in his kind of silly little ways of financial and engineering with warrants, but that's a stock that's worth $65 billion. It is a $100 billion business. But the problem with them is they borrowed money in order to continue to like pay for expensive things like steel and the technology and the wirings and the, the supply chain. So when they, last couple of weeks ago, they said, you know, we want to tap our, our credit line. Credit lines aren't free. They're going to be a cost. But it's also saying, hey, aren't you guys famous for paying a dividend? Boeing's famous for paying a dividend. It's a slow, steady grower. Today, it's at, holy mackerel, what's the price? $65 billion. That's nothing. Apple can buy them, and it wouldn't even make Apple flinch. That shows you how much distress there is. Apple yesterday said they're closing their stores outside of China, but they've opened all their stores inside of China. Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. He's been released from the hospital. Some of this news is going to go from bad to worse and from worse to better. America must confront how we're going to live with the coronavirus disease for the next two months. Yesterday, I spent four hours trying to help my son with his homework. And it wasn't because I can't do it. It's because teachers are scrambling to put lessons online. His PE teacher started you know, a, a channel. I think it's awesome. I, the response we're seeing from the educational side of the fence is it almost brings tears to my eyes. You know, I know when there's an earthquake, we're like, we love firefighters, we love police, and I'm not taking anything away from them. I think you should take to your local police station your kids once a year with some sort of like gift certificates for groceries. Um, firefighters have to pay for their own food, it's not provided. So I, I love that. But you know who my heroes are right now? Nurses and teachers. Teachers who take care of our children in a gathering of more than 10 people. They've been told their whole life, okay, you're going to teach the little ones in class, and you're going to love them, and you're going to support them, and you're going to protect them. And if there's like a gunman, you know how to shelter in place and hide in the closets and such like that. Coronavirus comes, and they're saying, okay, teachers, here's a new curveball for you. You need to do everything online. And they're like, but we're school teachers. We're not tech engineers. The response is unbelievable, and I think it's for the better of society. It's not the end of the world. Global cases, more than 183,000. Uh, I remember when we were at 100,000. Global deaths, 7,167. That's not the problem. The problem is how many people over 60 are struggling with their health. And when you have the flu and you have a fever, you go to a hospital. For younger people, you can live with a flu. You can live with a, a fever. For elder people, it can complicate diabetes. Diabetes is a immune system problem for diabetics. So a common cold to them is different. And I'm not saying this is a common cold. Um, America must confront how we're going to live with the coronavirus. And it's, it's, it's hitting us all at once. 
the Connecticut governor says, I'm worried about ventilator availability if cases surge. So again, when you see what we're doing by, not we, baseball, they're not going to start for another two months. They said that yesterday. Opening day is not going to be until June. And that's got a lot of people upset because my daddy's daddy saw baseball April 17th every year. And that shock to the, we're so used to doing this. It's throwing a lot of people off. Um, if this was a war, we would rally around it, and this is a war. This is our 21st century war on pandemics. And pandemics are wars not necessarily on mass populations, but on mass populations' ability to use hospitals. Hospitals are all about bed counts. When you see the cases up to 183,000 diagnosed, how many people do you think are just going to the hospital? And they're just wandering in willy-nilly, even though hospitals are just like, no, please don't do that. So anyhow, and anyway, we got a fun show planned for you today. I've got a acquisition candidate that I think if it happened, I might actually cry. And I'll just put it this way. One of the stocks is at a 52-week low, and one of the stocks has a billion-plus dollars of cash. We'll talk about that and much, much more when we come back. The markets, you can't count on the markets right now. They open big, they fall back. They fall back, they go higher. Um, This is not a time to look for stability or visibility, because we don't have it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Optimism needs to be killed. The wonderful months of spring. I see little flowers. Beautiful little flowers and spring dresses come out and people go to shorts. And then the summer, the heat of the summer kills the fresh buds of spring. And the heat of the summer finally breaks and cracks and and disappears into the fall. Where it's kind of not that warm, not that sweet. The leaves die, but they're still on the tree. Winter comes along and knocks those off. Winter kills fall, which is decaying, and freezes it, only to see spring come along with a nice little budding flower. The seasons long for each other. This is pretty normal. Any excesses that the wonderful days of spring have are killed by summer. The heat of the summer finally is killed and broken. It slowly starts to disintegrate into bitter frozenness. This is a lesson we need to learn, is that excesses are killed. Which would I rather have, a market up 10% a year for the next 20 years, or get that 36% year and get the following year where it's going to be pain? I think the bull market technically hit 10 years, and then the bull market was killed. And the days of the bull market were glorious. It roared. It created wealth. It created new little companies like Robinhood, new little companies along the way like Grubhub, where like, this is pretty good. They bring food to you. I truly, they bring all my toilet paper to me and my food. Pretty good days. So 
the season's long for each other, but they kill each other. Same thing with a bull market is eventually killed by a bear market. The last year of the bull market, I was sick of it. Every day I would come on and I would do that stupid 1920 song, which really was a song about depression and not really happiness, but the happy days are here again. The sky is blue. And the market would hit high after high after high. Now it's 30% off from its highs. I think the S&P 500 has another 15% worst case scenario downside. I think we've got a bazooka of stimulus, which doesn't make me feel great. Stimulus to me is taxpayers' money. And when you look at your members of Congress, sometimes you don't look at them with like pride. You go, man, these guys spend a lot of our money. How much, how much more in taxes do I have to pay? I know there's people out there who are like, oh, the haves complain about paying taxes. The have-nots can't. They would, they would love to give their money away. Somehow I don't think that's true. But I digress. The Trump administration is going to bail out the airlines. There's no way around it. And senators aren't going to be able to say something along the lines of, like a Democratic senator, isn't going to be able to say, no, sorry, Mr. Trump. We don't think the—you can't say that. Because then the Republicans would run ad campaigns against the Democrats, the Democrats would run ad campaigns against Republicans, and you're going to see stimulus. Lots and lots of it. The Federal Reserve has done their job. Now they're starting to do it in goofy ways. They're buying debt, kind of pushing you into stocks, trying to push you into borrowing money. I might have too mean of an image of banks or the Federal Reserve, like they're that manipulative, but I think they're that manipulative. 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. There's one stock that I really want to talk about, Apple, Mary, and Disney. Disney's been around for 100 years. They're quality. They're a clean, happy business. Happiest place in the world, unless you go at 8 o'clock in the evening, and then it's like all the kids have had sugar, and they were sunburned, and they're crying. The parking lot of Disney is its the saddest place on earth at 8 p.m. Disney acquired Pixar in 2006. Apple and Pixar founder, co-founder, uh, founder, not co-founder, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was the largest investor in Disney. So there is kind of precedent for this. Was a member of the Disney board. Notion of combining the popular brands is appealing, especially after Disney has fallen apart due to the exposure to the parks and movies. Disney last fall, Robert Iger once wrote in his autobiography, just in 2011. No, 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 no. His autobiography is recent than that. But he said in 2011, he met with Steve Jobs. And the two might have merged but Steve Jobs died. His quote from the book was, I believe that if Steve were alive, we would have combined our companies or at least discussed the possibility very seriously. Disney could buy them in cash right now. No, no, Apple could buy them in cash right now. Would it help? It would give them a lot of content for their TV product. Would they spin off the theme parks? Maybe. Would they keep the movie studios? Absolutely. When you get Disney and Pixar and uh, um, Lucas, plus all the Marvel characters, I kind of like combinations in my head like Apple and Nintendo, but Apple and Disney, I can make that work too. Disney's had a sharp slide. They also have a retail presence. A lot of people don't know that. 
Uh, Disney also has a bit of a problem out there with college sports being shut down. Disney owns ABC. Disney also owns ESPN. Disney also owns theme parks. Disney also owns Pixar. And now that all the sports franchises and the collegiate sports are shut down, ESPN is going to have some problems with revenue. I didn't realize how much sports I watch until sports go away. I'm like, well, Apple's got $98 billion in net cash right now, and Disney's market capitalization is $168 billion. It's doable. How much stock would they have to use? How much cash would they have to use? So if Disney continues to get hit, could one of the greatest American companies be acquired? It would be a mega cap company with a large cap cash balance. Um, Apple's going to do something with their cash, in my opinion. Apple would be interested because market volatility has created an attractive entry point. If Netflix were to crash 20% more, Apple may go after them. Disney's in the middle of a CEO transition, so now may be the time to pull this off. Disney Plus's content with Apple, Disney Plus's content with Apple's content problem, but Apple's distribution network of phones, it's a match made in heaven. Disney Plus has the potential to be the unifying force. The force is with you. Disney's going to create what's called Disney Plus customer relationships, driving Disney Plus users to the theme parks and movie tickets. Streaming service. So they're tying everything together. Who else is trying to tie everything together? Apple with their ecosystem. This would be a much, much, much bigger deal, but it would be pretty darn intriguing. And you can see coronavirus creates opportunity. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Markets open with a little bit of a rebound today, but you can't trust the markets right now on a day-by-day basis. It means nothing. We are being news-driven, not earnings-driven. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. The credit crunch on corporations is the story behind the story right now. America is addicted to debt, as is corporate America. Some companies a little bit more so than others. Hearing people like myself and Chad Burton talk during times of duress, sometimes we don't get it quite right for you. I'm not going to tell you to take vitamin C. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. That's not my thing. But I could tell you that the coronavirus, for me, has shown that we have a hospital room utilization problem especially during cold and flu season, which we're in. I've told the story a couple times already that uh, a friend's father has pancreatic cancer and a friend's mother, the same person, their mother, uh, broke a hip and is in the hospital. And as she's a senior, she's having memory problems. The whole hospital has been shut down to you can't get in. It's a prison for people in there. And again, it's a prison that's giving them health care, but it's trying to keep them alive at a time where if you're critical, if you have an infection, you're not even around your own husband. He's going to be dead before his wife gets out of the hospital, and they're not going to see each other again. 
That's our problem. A problem that, and again, that's tough for you to understand, and it's tough for me to understand. Then you get into the global retail size of it, and there's a problem in the credit markets. Companies like Macy's to stay alive and compete against Amazon has said, we'll take a $10 billion credit line. Boeing says, we make a lot of airplanes. We'll take a $20 billion credit line. And they're, 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 they're taking that credit because we saw in the 2006-2008 financial crisis when we had credit, like if you had a credit card, say, that could do $200,000 of spending, that's too high. Let's say 30000 You may have found that Chase said, you know, we're going to cut your exposure from 30000 of borrowing down to 3000 And you're like, but I wanted to do 30000 like, you could do 3000 if you take a look at Macy's right now, they've got a yield of almost 20% plus. If you put $100 with them, you get $20 this year, if they're still in business. They're in the midst of their digital transformation. A lot of retailers are. There's going to be a shakeout. I just talked about Disney potentially being acquired by Apple and then probably spinning off the theme parks. And then the theme parks are just be these massive, well, I don't know if they would spin them off. Buy an Apple phone, get 10% off your entry to Disney. Now I'm digressing. JCPenney's reported same-store sales that had gone down 7% in the fourth quarter. That's in a Christmas quarter? The 117-year-old retail chain faces a $3.5 billion debt load. J. Crew, same thing. It's got $1.7 billion in debt. Nordstrom, They've made great strides on their digital front, but they've done it at the cost of taking on debt. So economic downturns are something that retailers have always tried to, you know, get the current trends correct. But most of them don't have great balance sheets right now. That's one of the things that scares people like CFP, Chad Burch, and myself. And you remember in the last month when the 10-year treasury was going from you know, one six to one five to one four to one three. I'm like, that's not good. To one two to one one to one. I'm like, that's not good. And I said things like, if this was a horror movie, this is the point where the good guys think that they've won, and one of them just goes, "It's much worse than you would think." And then when the ten-year treasury cracked one and hit nine, based ninety basis points, eighty basis points, seventy basis points. I'm I've moved beyond that. Now I'm looking at credit. The need to socially distance yourself hurts foot traffic automatically in stores, right? World markets have unsurprisingly responded negatively, which likely means consumer confidence will decrease. Thus, that will wane demand for non-essential products like clothes. We have to have some, right? The virus has spread has significantly hurt supply chains overseas as well, so the retailers are really getting a hit on so many levels, there'll be some winners, there'll be some losers. But it is—I don't want to—I don't want to be too dramatic. But it is apocalyptic. It is a bad thing what's happening right now in the world of retail, and some of them aren't going to survive. I, I again, I don't have a lot of pity for companies. Um, if you got Amazon, and we were—that was a big story two years ago. Oh, this company just got Amazon. Oh, this company just got Amazon. Oh, this company just got Amazon. 
Last Thursday, the S&P 500 dropped 9.5%. Yesterday was worse. Today was, or yesterday was the worst day for stocks since 1987. So we have only one more incidence worse than this. The system, I don't think, is broken. I think it's bending. Does it snap back? Not as much as we'll want it to. Are there generational buying opportunities right now? I do think there are. If you think this is going to get contained in two to three months, I, <clears throat> which there's no reason not to think that, unless you're in that theory camp that maybe this mutates, or maybe it gets worse. Tom Hanks is out of, you know, Mr. Rogers is out of, of care. He got the coronavirus, him and his wife, they were quarantined and he's out. He can go back to being Tom Hanks, who I don't really like as an actor. I, I'm, I'm, I thought Saving Private Ryan was great, but yeah. he's not a guy you want to travel with, huh? Bad things happened in Tom Hanks movies. <clears throat> Boeing, I would not be interested in, but Disney, I would be. MGM was down 33% yesterday. A friend of mine called me over the weekend and said, why is MGM still open? Why are people still gambling? I'm like, Americans are stupid. <clears throat> and sure enough, MGM said, you know, we got to shut down. Norwegian Cruise Line's down 81%. Airlines are asking for a bailout. They're going to get a bailout to the tunes of about $50 billion. Airlines will become very attractive when they get that free money. <clears throat> Now, it's not free money. Part of it goes to the mechanics. Part of it goes to the stewardesses. Part of it are stewards, the pilots, and all the various people. <clears throat> but what we're going to need out of this is kind of a TARP plan where our government makes money by lending money to companies. A lot of people don't like it when corporate America gets bailed out. Because they certainly don't, how shall we say, take care of the, the poor, the needy, and the hungry in great times. But they get taken care of because they have so much tax revenue and so much revenue and so much exposure to foreign markets. They get taken care of. It's going to happen. There is a lot of money coming to face a lot of the problems in things like the retail apocalypse. The Trump administration seeking roughly $850 billion in emergency stimulus. And whether I like it or not, that's a lot of money into the economy. 50 to $80 billion to help the airlines. The airlines will try to get us back, and they'll slash prices, and they'll get us back. Um, we've seen epidemics and pandemics. We've seen hurricanes and tornadoes. We've seen wars. We've seen countries invade other countries. We've seen nuclear meltdowns in Japan and Russia and the United States that didn't destroy the world, that didn't end the economies. It's not good. And the thing that I hate about it is when you talk about $850 billion, that's the government saying, we're going to print this money and add it to our debt. They're literally just going to the U.S. Treasury, and, and Trump could say, can you make it $850 billion and make it all in small bills? Jerk. No, 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 no. Make it all in pennies. We're going to pay the California disaster relief fund in pennies. 
because he doesn't like Democrats, and that's a joke. But you get the idea. That's going to be tax money. And at some point in time, does $850 billion generate $1 trillion in, in taxes? Uh, probably not. But if we come up with some to- to- toxic assets repatriation plans, if we can come up with some ways to make some money where the government lends, I, I would like that much, much more. So not all bailout programs are created equal, in my opinion. 800-516-1220. Uh, pretty alarming numbers today out on retail sales. Alarming in the sense that they came from February, pre-panic in America about the coronavirus. Now, when you start thinking about COVID-19, and I, I flip. I don't know which one I want. <laughs> Is it COVID-19 or the coronavirus? I don't know which one. I'm still thinking about it. Um. As it bounces back and forth right now, it's the news you can't, oh, I don't want to say this. You can't glom onto it because one week ago we were still going to basketball games. One week ago we're shutting down the NBA and now Major League Baseball says we're not starting until June because uh, the Center for Disease Control, we consider responsible and they said no large gatherings for eight weeks. You do the calendar, and that starts in June. That freaks people out. People don't like change. A friend of mine was at a grocery store yesterday. The butcher said, here's the last three packets of meat until next Thursday. People are buying protein. You think toilet paper will add a run? People are buying protein. Um, Anyhow, and anyway, I'm digressing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Try to find the positives here. We're down 30%. 40% would be a stretch. It could happen, but it would be a stretch. We're closer to bottom than we are to a top. Doesn't mean we go to a top anytime soon, though. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. President Donald Trump's going to give a speech later today. I don't know how that makes me feel. There was a point in time when President Bush was going through a similar economic crisis with the 2006-2008 financial crisis where every time he would talk, it felt like the market would go lower. We're looking to our policymakers right now to show us what they're going to do. Our monetary leaders, the bankers, have said we've cut interest rates. They've coordinated together. They've said we'll buy back debt. We'll make sure that anyone who needs cash has it within reason. You know, if Boeing comes to them and says, we need more money, they're going to say, uh-uh, we're not stupid. Or maybe we will do it at 8% versus 6%. Boeing's down another 14% today. This is going to be a generational buying opportunity if we can wrap it up this summer and manage it into the fall and winter intelligibly. Testing's important. CVS is doing their part. They're saying, we're going to be working with a testing company so they can set up in our parking lot. People can drive up, roll down your window. We'll put a cotton swab up your nose, and we'll send it off to the lab, and we'll call you in three hours and tell you tell you if you're coronavirus-free or not. That's kind of cool. I like that it's not in the store. I kind of like, like God, we got some thinkers out there. I think social distancing is going to hurt small mom-and-pop restaurants much more than bigger ones. Companies like McDonald's, they're going to lose sales. There's no doubt about it. They've said as much. 
But the idea of sitting six feet apart kills the crowded bar, kills the crowded restaurant kind of theme. And that shows you that it does really start to hit. How many times in my life have I been sitting in a bar and I either like the bartender or the waitress or the waiter or the whoever, and I give them a little bit more money? I'm like, that's not easy work. And maybe you see how it's like starting to hit everybody. I've got a family member who works for promotions in Hollywood. Do you think Hollywood needs to be promoted if movie theaters are shut down or half capacity? Some movies are going to be massive losses this year. Some big winners, obviously, cable companies. Cable, uh, not TV, modems, internets. Comcast is right there, right place. Plus, they're launching their new service, Peacock, right around the corner. Great time to do it in time of coronavirus when people are stuck at home and they're like looking for things to watch. And they're tired of what's on it, Disney Plus, and they're, they've watched everything they could watch on Netflix. A friend of mine complained to me the other day. <clears throat> She goes, I can't find anything to watch on TV with my kid. I'm like, you know there was 14,500 TV shows made last year, and you can't find anything to watch. What is wrong with the world? There's a company called Moderna. Their chief medical officer, Tal Zach, said the biotech company is planning for a phase two study, which basically means they've already dosed their first patient for a vaccine test. Ticker symbol is mRNA. If we get news, the results go well, the market's going to be up. The Dow's going to be up 5,000 points. And you may not have time to go, is this time to get in or not? You manage your portfolio. It's an art. You don't panic out of it. The study is the first in clinical development for a vaccine against SARS-CoV-2, and they expect to provide important information about the safety and immunogenicity. That's easy for me to say. Why do biotech words throw me? What was it about my childhood that, like, In phase one tests, patients receive two doses of the vaccine 28 days apart. Patients are followed for the next 12 months after the second vaccination. The study will evaluate the drug's safety and whether it can spark an immune response. It's asking for the FDA to say, we don't really need to go that whole year, do we? We can start phase two right now. And then you start seeing slowly but surely positive news come out of tests like this. And that'll be your rallying point. What will be your point of things stop going down? Well, yesterday was one of them. Yesterday was ridiculous, and then it got Mongo ridiculous. And it's kind of like one of those football games where you're like, your team's losing 35 nothing, they come back to win 37-35, and it's just, it gets Mongo ridiculous that one team implodes that badly, and the other team takes it. The utility stocks are doing well today. Microsoft is doing well today. Some people are starting to become vultures and pick at what they want. Apple, Microsoft, I can make a case for both if I'm a long-term patient investor. I can't make a case for either if I want that money in the next three months. So far on paper, I've lost millions. In reality, nothing. It's just paper. When I sell that paper and give it to someone else, then I'll have lost millions. Or if I buy other people's paper, stocks, 
maybe I'm taking their losses for them and creating my gains. I don't want you to get greedy, but I also don't want you to get stupid. It's a very odd time. Uh, taking a look at semiconductors, I'm fascinated with semiconductors. I can make a case for AMD. Am I going to buy a full position in it? No. I want AMD. I, I think they're a poor man's Intel. I want Intel. Intel, to me, is more of a slow grower. AMD is a little more sexy because they're smaller. <clears throat> but if you can get someone who has a lock on the CPU market, someone who's got a second place in the CPU market, and a second place in the GPU market behind NVIDIA, and then you buy NVIDIA, and then basically you're buying semiconductors that are in every major computer in the world, whether it be a laptop, notebook, and or you throw in Qualcomm and you're in every phone. And you get to kind of see how, like, then you can get kind of super sexy, like Skyworks and Texas Instruments. And that's where I think people start making the biggest mistakes. If I were to buy anything today, I am also have a plan to buy more of it in three months. Just an opinion. Consult a work advisor for taking any action on any stocks ever mentioned. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.